Desert, Desert Island got to five time. Um, well, this has got to a five. My name's Jesse Benz, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Max Curtin. How are you, mate? Hello, dear Jesse Benz. You couldn't help but have a giggle done at the start, could you? <laughs> no, well, yeah. um, Max said when we started this, he was like, right, we, I've got this special music. It's like Desert Island D and like a bit hip hop and nice. I really like the bit, by the way, that just went doo, 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 over and over again. Thank you. And then, um, and then Max was like, Max was like, just, um, you know, don't c- come in full Jesse because it scares people. <laughs> and I was like, what, like, what, like, hello? So I came in all serene and calm instead. I hope I did a good job. You did. You did a great job. And we can build up from there and you can get to 100% Jesse as we go as through the show. To, as opposed to normally when I start high energy and about halfway through just fall into a coma. <laughs> just peak of, we get very serious <laughs> and the jokes stop and it's like, yes, I <laughs> turn into right. Radio 5. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm bored now. I want to go. <laughs> well, what are we? You're you're leading this. You're the host. What, what's well, happening? I this host? Well, this was your idea. This is a total vanity project. I don't know why any of you would want to listen to this, but God bless you for listening to it. Um, we got a lot of American listeners. So for and a lot of English young people don't really know what this is. There's a BBC Radio Four show called Desert Island Discs. It's a staple of um, British culture, in my opinion. It's a lovely mm. show where um, famous people, and not always famous people, sometimes people who are just, like, cool in their field, like professors and that, with songs um, that they can't live without. Um, and then they get the Bible, they get the complete works of Shakespeare, um, they get a luxury item of their choice and a book of their choice, then they get cast off to a desert island. Not really, but this is what um, the host, um, Lauren Laverne does it now. She's very good at it. Um she is. This is what Lauren Laverne says to them that they have to do. So that's why it's like the, um, you know, live or death songs that you like. And it's a good radio show. So we're going to do a mini version of that for the lols. Yes, um, because we can do whatever we want now. So we're going to pick a similar vein as we do before. We're going to pick three songs each. We're going to give a book and a luxury item. I didn't even think about luxury item. I'm going to have to make that up as I go through. And we're just going to talk about song recommendations, why they're important to us, why we'd want to have them on a desert island, because it's it's you and me together, Jesse. We, we've crashed on this island together. Yes, so yeah, so we're together, like um, Ant and Deck. So um, that's a good desert island disc, the Ant and Deck one, if you've ever listened to that. Um, so they get, they're, they're actually on separate islands. Um, they're cast away to separate islands Ooh, that's from a each idea. other. It was, um, it was made very clear to them that that was the case. I prefer that. Can we be separate? Because cannibalism will set in very early if we're together. Yeah, all right. Separate islands, but close enough to visit. Oh, yeah. Or... yeah. Quick swim. Quick swim. Quick swim. I can't swim, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'd be visiting you. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? Because I suppose it won't be much different from now, will it? I'll just wait to be visited. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly how our friendship works. Um, so, should I play the drop? We'll, we'll explain it again, do, do the stuff. Uh, yeah, okay. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, exp- drop, drop the drop, and then we'll be in Desert Island Dismo. But there's something I want to talk about um first um mm. about it so do the drop and then we'll discuss stay tuned after this break for jesse's news i happen to love the number five i have to take up i'm wearing a towel mama you're naked stop looking at me you have until the count of five you can't arrive to an island with that music 
<laughs> no, that's aggressive. That's like you're, you're on the boat, like yeah, <laughs> with uh, Wilson on your shoulder. You're just doing keepy ups with Wilson, like really intense. Fuck this shit up. Wilson's lighted. Hurts. Um, I was thinking. So you get the Bible on desert island discs, right? Would you? I was thinking whether I would need it or not. Would you use the Bible if you were on a castaway island for creating fires? Probably. <laughs> Interesting. That's what. That's exactly what Ricky Gervais said when he was on Desert Island Discs. Uh, that was his. What he he said. Paper can be the same. Yeah. I mean, I've never read it, so it could be kind of interesting to have at least a flick through before I burn it. Well, totally. I've read bits, right? And I suddenly thought, oh no, there is that amazing bit of the Bible. Um, I don't know if you've heard this. This guy is called Jesus. <laughs> but, um, but at the end of at the end of the Bible, have you ever read um, Revelations? Of course, I haven't. I don't know why I have, but I got uh, really into this quite a while ago. I think I, I was remember. talking to you about you were, it. You were. Being... I was really scared for you because you'd be like, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Revelations. Is... So I would have it for Revelations alone. Like Revelations, they could basically rename Bible 2 with a vengeance, right? Like that's <laughs> that's the vibe of Revelations. So Jesus randomly suddenly comes back. Again, so he's already been resurrected and gone away. But then he comes back ready for the apocalypse. And he comes back as like this muscular, topless, sexy superhero sort of character on a white horse. Um, and is I'm going to read you um, a bit from Revelations. This is a first, forgot till five, isn't it? We're having a Bible reading. Um, <laughs> People so skipping this through is being like, what the a fuck? Bit when he... <laughs> So he comes back, right? Are you ready? Yes. Right, here we go. Um, his eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That is metal as fuck. It's like a wrestling outfit. Right? It's so cool. And by the way, King of King and Lord of Lords is in block capitals, like in the original Bible as well, <laughs> which I just think is amazing. What's the name um, of his horse? Didn't his horse have a metal name, if I yes. remember correctly? Um, it did. I'm fine. Yes. Faithful and True. Oh. That's the best name for a horse in the world. Ride like the wind, Faithful and True. Yeah, I saw heaven, here's another bit, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider was faithful and true. With justice, he judges and wages war. So Jesus went like medieval at the end of the Bible, but no one ever talks about that. <laughs> Everyone forgets that bit. Everyone forgets cool Jesus. Also, I like that he got ripped, like he got proper jacked and tattooed himself. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm, sort, of, um, I'm sort of inferring the jacked bit. Well, no, it's, it's in our mental image now that's that's what we're picturing i think we should do a small local production based around metal jesus <laughs> based on revelations bible 2 with a vengeance that's such a good name for it if it had called that it would have been sold way more yeah because the bible is really worrying about selling copies <laughs> it's quite a niche book it's quite um <laughs> quite underground it's only one in every drawer it's weird it's not it's not out there <laughs> I've got one, right? My stepdad got me a Bible because I expressed interest in owning a Bible, mainly to read Revelations. And But he stole it from a church. So does that mean he's in hell now? <laughs> no, no, he gets a pass because he passed a sin onto you. Ah, okay. so oh, because I now own the Bible. I'm living with the guilt. Right, yeah. okay. Cool. 
Yeah, he worked. Um, he worked as a night porter at a university, and the university had its own church, and he nicked a Bible from there. I love that. That's his version of a gift for you as well. Well, that's <laughs> what do. He also gave me a hat that was just left in that church by someone, and I still wear it to this day. And didn't he gift um, a tiny red devil recently? Uh, yes, yeah. From beyond the from, grave, through my mother, from beyond the grave. Um, it it was a sort of it's like a um, stone um, little gargoyle gremlin thing that you put in your garden. But for some reason, um, he decided to paint it red. Um, so, <laughs> so he did. And my, my mom was like, it looked really lovely. And then he just painted it red. So I never like, discussed it. It just suddenly <laughs> red one day. It's when and you now, sent me the message of, it's in my garden. I don't know why he got it for me or why he painted it red. And I was like, he's doing it. Just, he did it just to fuck with you. So you would yeah, text he, me asking me these questions and he can just go, <laughs> got him. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not like, I don't think he originally bought it for, he bought it because he liked it, you know what I mean? And then it was bestowed, so which makes it even stranger that he wanted it read for himself originally. <laughs> so many unanswered questions, so many. This is a very odd start <laughs> to this episode. Yeah, sorry, this is a really weird episode. I told you before we went on air, this is a complete vanity project that no one, um, no one's probably going to be interested in. This is for the hardcore but, fan. Um, I'm going to enjoy myself. So do you... Yeah, exactly. This is for those who love their Jesse and Max time. Hey. Um, so do you want to go first? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, so three songs. And originally I had a pick of three that I was like, oh, I'll be really clever with this, and I'll pick long songs and songs that go on for 24 hours, which does exist, done by the Flaming Lips. But I thought, no, don't be a dick, Max. Just pick songs that mean something to you that you would quite happily listen to, and Jessica can ask you questions of, and we'll learn from each other, you know? Exactly. We we can never, like, I feel like I know you better than anyone else in the world, but there's always another layer that we can peel back on each other. Exactly. And I'm starting off with a song which I don't think... You'll know I like that much, or even know of. Mm. So oh, okay. this, um, so in post, you're going to drop these songs in, right? And we're going to be able to hear them on the show. I'm, I'm going to edit okay. them beautifully. There'll be like little clips. I can't play the whole thing, obviously, but I'll play little samplers to get you all excited and tang- tangalized, tan- tantalized. That's the one. Beautiful. I'm only one and a I half sided down. I just looked at my stomach, and um, it would appear that I've accidentally scratched um, my stomach on my belt when I bent down at some point. Um, and it looks like it looks like a perfect C-section scar. Pictures, or it didn't happen. Okay, I'll send it later. Thank you. So my first pick is by a man who goes by the artist title of the tallest man on earth, and the song is "The Gardener." Now, he's a Swedish man, and this song, in terms of meaning for me, so when I first got my proper, like, radio gig, when I was doing, like, MTM outside of uni and stuff, like, MTM was the first one, and I got to play, like, cool new music, and I got to, like, meet bands and play their music and also find, like, stuff that people might not have heard of, and I came across Tallest Man on Earth, and this was about 2011, 2012, when we were living together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 2010, 2011. Beautiful. And 
he just has this beautiful kind of voice and this way of playing guitar, which I'll get into in a minute, but I became obsessed with the song and I used to play it on the radio show constantly. And the thing I like about him, his name is Christian, by the way, the, the, the artist, he doesn't like people interpreting the meanings of his songs. So when asked what the gardener means, he says it's about flowers, insecurity and killing people, which could very well be the case. But he sounds like a twat. No, he's a lovely person, Jesse. He's Swedish. They get a pass on twatting. <laughs> Swedish. So, to be fair, I don't know any nasty Exactly. It's, it's impossible. Um, so this song, The Gardener, and there's a beautiful kind of going around the internet of what this song actually means. So look at the lyrics. You've heard a little bit of the song just coming in there. And it's basically about how this narrator wants to be viewed as the tallest man in this lover's eyes, but there's kind of these obstacles for him to overcome. There are these things that he's done in his past that doesn't warrant the desire that he so desperately needs from his partner. So he tries to kill these old messengers who are trying to reveal his past to this new woman that he wants to impress so badly. So it's kind of that kind of stand-in consciousness of like, I don't want to tell all of the truth to this woman. So he buries these secrets from his past and builds this beautiful garden where they can share their love in this really peaceful place. But it's built on a bed of lies and secrets. Isn't that beautiful? This is way more intense than any of my picks, mate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it, so, but this is so. This is the sort of song. Like, it sounds lovely, and it sounds like powerful and stuff. It's, it's the sort of song that you'd want to have on a desert island with you to just remind you of like yeah. misery, loved ones lost, secrets that will never be heard, and just just memories, Jesse. That I hold on to that old life, and I'm just picturing it. And that that's what I want. I want to be miserable, is what I'm saying on this island. You're going to be on your islands, you know, ten feet away, and you're just going to hear. This is what you can hear in the distance. <laughs> It'll be great. It's good. Well, that's that sound um, will spur me on in my <laughs> lonely times. It'll haunt you forever. But uh, he he's not just this song, but I want... If if you like the song from this recommendation, go listen to his other ones. My other personal favourite is King of Spain. Fantastic song. He's just got this way of... It's just a man and an acoustic guitar, but he just makes it sound different to every other man with an acoustic guitar. And that's, that's cool. Lovely. Yeah. So my yeah, my first pick is the gardener, tallest man on earth. Right. I'm starting off melancholy. I've just got to the island. I don't know what the future of my life holds. So at this stage of my island journey, I'm upset. Nice. Um so I've got a song that is also I don't should I I've got a song that's also just a man with an acoustic guitar that is really beautiful should I do that now or should I change it up and then I could do that one next what do you reckon I'm happy to go sad for sad we can do this journey together okay let's go sad for sad yeah okay so I'm gonna start sad as well um, so I don't know if you're familiar with uh, firstly I would say these three picks of mine I've tried to sort of um because it, I've only, only got three, I've tried to make it so that they encompass different types of music that I love as well, because I'll want to like hear, because like I'm a massive fan of punk music, I'm a massive fan of hip hop music, and I'm a massive fan of folk music. I think they're like my big three. So I've sort of For tried sure. to take, I've tried to take one from each of them. So um, I'm starting with folk, which is something that um, I think I know a lot of listeners on this aren't that familiar with, but it's something I um, 
am surrounded with quite a lot in my life, sort of by accident. I never meant it to happen. Um, but um, anyway, there is a singer songwriter called Richard Thompson. Are you familiar with Richard Thompson? I don't believe I am. He um, was in. I need to. So I need to get this bloody right because I know my dad will be listening to this. Um, <laughs> he's there waiting. Like, come on, fuck up. There, yeah, go, yeah. Go, go make a mistake about something old. Um, he was in a band called Fairport Convention, which you may have heard about. He was a yeah. founding member um, of Fairport Convention, but it's his solo stuff that I think is really like where he became amazing. He's a phenomenal guitarist. He has a song called um, 1942 Vincent Black Lightning is the name of the song. Cool name. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a motorbike. It's named after a, a model of motorbike. And the song is about... Um, Red Mully, who is a red-headed lady in leather, and James, who is a man who owns the <laughs> motorbike. And James. <laughs> um, but the song um, just tells a story of the two falling in love, um, but he's a bit of a rogue, you know, like a wrongan, like a lot of these bikers are. And uh, during a robbery, he gets shot, and um, he's and as he's dying, he gives his girl the keys to the motorbike so she can have it. Um, and that's it it's really simple but it's just the most beautiful story and the way he tells it and the way he sings it um, makes me well up pretty much every time I hear the song and I think it's quite healthy to have something that it's healthy to cry I think so it's quite good it's quite good to have something to um, sort of push you over the edge uh, (laughs) when you're on the desert island sort of just sort of cry and be a bit thoughtful and stuff but um, I know you'll be editing it in now but give it a listen properly um, because I think you'll love it That's a fine motorbike A girl could feel special on any such like Says James to Red Molly My hat's off to you It's a Vincent Black Lightning 1952 And I've seen you at the corners and cafes it seems Red hair and black And um, he si- just he, he could like belt it out but he doesn't And that's what's so cool and his guitar playing as well is stunning. I would say, actually, watch him do it live better than um, listening to it because just watching his fingers move, play ah, oh, just the the way he plays acoustic guitar is just second to none. There's no one like him, in my opinion. Um, and it's just a lovely song. It's sad. I've got no interest in motorbikes or anything, but just sort of. It, but it, the song could be about anything. Do you know what I mean? It's the it's the passing of something so important to someone, to someone you love just before you die. It's just like, it's lovely. It's a really touching, beautiful song. And it's nice to listen to on the island for me because um, of the folk music stuff. And I am a big fan of acoustic music nowadays. You are a big folk bitch. We we all know this to be true about you. So I've, I've, I've been sobbing on my island, but I pull myself together. I go and get a coconut to, you know, I need, I need some kind of like refresher. I hear this song gently on on the on the sea breeze. What, yeah. What kind of wail do I hear from you? You just, you just hear. Um, well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be wailing so much as like talking to the song. Like <laughs> as I'm crying, I'd just be like, "Oh, he just he, he didn't have to give her his motorbike, but but he did because he loves her." And... 
He just loves her so much, and now he's now he's dead. What's she gonna do with the motorbike? Can't, she can't ride it as fast as him. I'm picturing it, and I'm loving it. <laughs> it's glorious. Um, I'm excited to listen to that, and especially as you say, the live performance. It's going to be interesting to see as you, it, he's a good player, and I can interpret the lyrics how I see fit. Can't it's beautiful. I'll send you. I'll send you a link of the the like. You know. I. You know when you tell someone to watch something live and they do, and you're like, no, not that one. <laughs> this <laughs> not, one, not you the fool. one. Yeah, not the one. No, you need to do Cambridge Festival 2002. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll find the specific one that um, I really love and send it to you. Excellent, excellent star. We we've started off melancholic. For me personally, it picks up a lot from here. Ah, oh, me too, son. Oh yeah, I I, I really sort myself day two. I listened to the second track. Day two, <laughs> it's 10 o'clock mine, in the morning. Thinking about mine, it couldn't be more, um, like, different. So I, I'm going to have a real schizophrenic time on this island. <laughs> that, that's the purpose. So so day two, I've woken up, I've had my coconut. Your crying has soothed me a little bit. I've gone fishing, caught myself a red snapper. Or a sea bass, maybe a sea plus bass, who knows? Oh, just like that. You've just, set, you've settled you've settled into fishing nice and quick. What are you doing? Spear fishing? You've crafted your own spear, have you? Just chucking it in. Bare hands, mate. Bare hands. Bare hands just reaching in like Creed in the office. No, no I don't even do that. I just <laughs> use my teeth. I swim and I bite. <laughs> Emerge. <laughs> I'm I'm just chucking coconuts into the sea trying to knock them out. <laughs> That's my game. And they're funneling towards my island, I just bite them all. <laughs> Yeah, but I really scream. I don't like getting mucky. I've always been like it. I'd be terrible on a desert island. I don't even like like I can only eat refrigerated chocolate because the idea of chocolate melting onto my hands makes me feel physically sick. Like any muckiness, and that includes. Like, I've always really enjoyed fishing, but actually touching the fish, it's not for me. Oh, no. <laughs> so, no, so I just I just catch the fish and then just sort of <laughs> just like throw it away. So I'm I'm not going to live very long on this. I, I think that was in. No one was questioning who was going to survive the longest out of the two of us. No one was questioning <laughs> that. I can't swim. I don't like touching mucky stuff. I yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to do well. I'll just. I'll just drink the salt water. <laughs> oh God, why? <laughs> You're literally going to last like 15 hours. Well, no, I, I reckon I'll last three days, which is perfect for my three um, songs to go out to. <laughs> I'm excited for the last one, your death song. Okay. So my second one, <laughs> I've just triumphantly bit a salmon. It's a salmon now. Um, and I'm cooking it away. But I'm feeling like I want to reminisce. I want to feel my youth again. I don't want to feel the encroaching death of mortality on me. So I go for Jesus of Suburbia by Green Day. Nice! That's Thank a lovely you. choice. Thank you. And I, I can hear a lot of eye rolls across the land right now. Of people, oh, fucking Green Day, Jesus, Suburbia. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Post- you don't get to roll your eyes. Post- dookie Green Days. Yeah. Layman. You don't get to roll your eyes at the masterpiece that is American Idiot. And it's also, it's not about... Exactly. How- what? You've changed your tune. Well, to win, to win an episode, Jesse, I will flip-flop like a fish. There's a lot of fish themes going on today. You are... I hope I hope Nikki listens to this because um, Nikki, one of our Game to Five girls, for anybody who doesn't know, um, is a passionate Green Day fan, and um, I chose American Idiot as my favorite pop punk album. You chose Dookie, and she was like getting really aggressive towards me, saying that you were right, and I felt a bit victimized, to be honest, and sad, and I haven't spoken to her much since. <laughs> well, okay, we won't do this argument again because people are going to listen to the episode. But Dookie is the overall best pop punk album, is the winner, 
as one of the greatest concept albums of all time, American Idiot is phenomenal. But why Jesus of Suburbia specifically on this island? So Jesus of Suburbia is about nine minutes in total. So I, I, I've gone for a lot of length in my last two. I want songs that I can I can either pause. <laughs> Twitch swoo. Twitch swoo. And I, I want something that I can kind of, you know, have a lengthy time listening to. Because a lot of my favorite bands, Descendants, Bad Religion, all of that, they their songs last barely three minutes. Not even. Yeah. Not even like if if you eclipse in the minute and a half, you're lucky. Exactly. If I if I played Coffee Mug or Beaver, that's a waste of a song, Jesse. So I was like nine minutes. <laughs> I'm changing my next choice. <laughs> <laughs> I like food. Food is good. That's the worst song you could have on a desert island. Um, but Lovely. Jesus Suburbia was kind. Of, it was our childhood. That was mine and Jesse's. We started a band together, and I can't see him. He's on his island. He's drank too much salt water, so he's going to be dead in a couple of days. And I need something to remember him by. And Jesus of Suburbia is one of my all-time favorite memories of just you, me, Aaron as well. We don't see him anymore, but Aaron was there. And like we'd be playing these Green Day songs, and we'd be playing Jesus of Suburbia. You'd be drumming away, and we'd just be making each other laugh as we went through this nine-minute epic of a song. Who uses a nine-minute Rhapsody-esque song as a warm-up for a band practice, by the way? Why was this question never answered? Yeah, I know, but we I think we were just so proud of ourselves that we could play it, so we just did it. But it it was fun. I missed the days of cyanide. Man, man. <laughs> people have probably people have probably heard me talk about cyanide on here before. I'd hold more value in that band I was in when I was fifteen <laughs> <laughs> and played like maybe four gigs and released a terrible home recorded EP. I'd like I hold more we produced in that a video. than anything else I've done in my life. Yeah, we did. I, yeah, there was a video, wasn't there? Uh, involving skateboarding. There we go. That's fun. Exactly. And um, I, I watched it not long ago, and I've got a fag in my mouth in every um, in every single clip of that video, which uh, was a conscious decision. I remember because I thought, yeah, I want to look cool, and um, I just remember feeling very sick after the shoot because I went through a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to be cool. It was literally just cigarettes and Pepsi. That that was that was the diet. Yeah, that, and um, and those um, Chicago pizzas that you could you can buy from Tesco and microwave. You know the mini ones. Yeah, yeah. Lived off them, but took the roof of your mouth off every time. We were not well. We were not well, but we had a good time doing it. And Jesus of Suburbia, not just from like the band element, but as a song itself, it's just so much fun to play, and the lyrics are so fun, and it's just got this really such a oh, I'm such an angsty teen. Like, when you properly go into the lyrics and stuff of, like, I'm a child of soda pop riddling and dubious religious undercuts and all of that shit, and there's just, uh, what was it, like, the 7-Eleven. It's just so, like, angsty, American, my life is bad, but really not that bad. And it's just that kind of rebellious element that comes with Jesus of Suburbia, which we tried to emulate so much and wanted to be so, so badly in our shitty little town of Tewkesbury. Done. That's really fu- that's really funny that you just mentioned like you pointed out the fact that they mentioned Seven Eleven as like a crucial point for you because uh, when me and Bobby went to America uh, back in November, um, we both freaked out when we saw a Seven Eleven <laughs> and <laughs> and like the, everyone we were with was like, "Well, that's like someone coming over here and just like freaking out over Tesco, <laughs> a Tesco, yeah, exactly, or something like that." We were like, "What Seven Eleven is like the movies." <laughs> 
it was the same like because 7-elevens are in canada as well and it just used to, the first time i saw one i was like i'm gonna hang out in the car park and it's gonna be cool yeah um, I'm jesus of suburbia now but then it just became like do you want to go get a snack and say yeah let's just let's just go down to 7-eleven yeah it turns out they're quite boring like, yeah quite boring little <laughs> shops really it's not that exciting um but there's beautiful piano moments it's got like five parts if i remember correctly three or f- four or five five I view it as, um, it's kind of, I mean, it is a nine minute song, but it's kind of like three, like you say, sort of four or five little songs crammed together, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got um, Jesus of Suburbia, which is like your intro talking about backstory of the character, uh, City of the Damned, which is probably my favorite bit where you get like the piano bit and it just builds to that I don't care crescendo in the middle. Yeah. And then you got the Dearly Beloved, which is like the sermon version, which is probably the best lyrics for me, the Dearly Beloved bit. And then Tales from Another Broken Home to kind of like wrap it up and finish. Yeah, it is is a nice song. It's it's epic. I think epic is a good call for a desert island. Like something to get you through, like a big epic tune that you could just lose yourself in. Yeah, you want, you want a, I want a big roaring fire, fully naked with... Tar over my face, fully erect, running around the island, <laughs> and then you just hear from, from like that's what you're spearing these salmon with, isn't it? Come here, and then <laughs> from, from the island you just hear. you're like what the fuck is going on keep it down over there <laughs> and then it's just me yeah just <laughs> wiling out getting wild and crazy in my deserted island um but it's it did get overplayed and i think people kind of roll their eyes when they hear jesus baby or they automatically skip when that first kind of intro bit comes in but i kind of implore people to go back because it's been a while since it's been overplayed just listen to the whole thing just kind of sit and go through the whole thing as a song and it's just great to listen to you don't have to defend it brother i'm, I'm i just want i just want the people to be on board jesse um I, I i hate being victimized <laughs> yeah well that's lovely um so on to my pick it's really weird not having the actual song i assume you've played the song by now um going on to my pick um so this is a big difference from my melancholy opener um, this song just for years, and I'm not even a massive fan of the band. I mean, I love the band, but it's not like I could like tell you all their albums and like I love it them that much. But this song just encompasses pure chilled joy to me. It, it always takes me to a happy place. It's Concrete Schoolyard by Jurassic Five. Oh, that is a good pick. It's just such a lovely song. It's just, I, I don't even know what it's about, really. I mean, based on what they're rapping about, they sort of talk about just saying that we're all in this together, really. Like, we're, we're all, let's take you back to the concrete streets, original beats with real live MCs, like sort of hip-hop's become too commercialised and let's just remind ourselves where we've come from and we were really enjoying it when we weren't successful. Like, we were doing it for the love. That sort of, that's what it feels like the song's about for me. Um, but just the, 
the whole the samples that they use i've no idea what the samples are from i bet someone will probably know um but that piano sample and stuff um is just lovely it's just so chilled and it reminds me of summer sunny days skating just just relaxing it's just lovely and i think i'd need something like that to level my head when i was on a desert island I'm gonna say this one time, boy, and that's my word. We rock the shot to knock fire through the Hindenburg. The contribution is clear. You add water to bone and get the Jurassic vibe on the microphone. Now, if you like the tone and how the harmony's done, and the sucker MCs die before they begun. Well, I like to know it. I'm not trying to say my style is better than yours. I'm just on some other shit. I'm all about the beats and the lyrics. So when you hear it, you can feel it. It's got that kind of summery feel to it as well. It's just that kind of song you listen to when you're out with your friends and you got a shitty kind of speaker and that's what you play it through. Mm, yeah, it's like, and it's one of those rare songs that actually sounds better out of a shitty speaker. It was almost like designed for a shitty speaker. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. And it's... Um, when did that song come out? It was a while ago, wasn't it? 98. Was it 98? I would have gone further back, actually. Um, I, I didn't hear it until, like, mid-2000s, I reckon. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I'd say that's fair. And it's right. it's it's one of those rap songs that us honky white boys can rap along to and feel cool and keep up with. Yeah, there's there's no N-words in it either, which exactly. shows good. So we can do that. And uh, it also introduced me to Charlie Tuna, who's now one of my favourite rappers in the world. I absolutely love that dude. And he's got the best voice. He's the one with the really deep voice. And it's just it's just a really cool... It goes right through you, his voice, in a lovely way. Oh, what was that song? He did a solo thing, right? Where it was um, something about yeah, fish. Yeah, you, you found it on Fish Out of Water. Fish um, Out of Water, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good album. Um, I think uh, you found that by looking at my top-played Spotify stuff or something, didn't you? Yes, and I, I was like, this is good shit. Everything, everything just rhymes so effortlessly, isn't it? It just, it's like it doesn't feel like they're rapping. It just feels like this beautiful, like beautiful caramel is just going down the instrumental. It's exactly. just, it, it just doesn't stop. It's, it's lovely. I fact, so I've liked Jurassic Five on Facebook, and you know people have been doing like live lockdown gigs and things like that. It's been amazing. Um, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Jura- one guy from Jurassic Five did one. It wasn't Charlie Tudor, but he um, was like just spinning some records and stuff. And it was really good. But I looked at it and there was only like 180 people watching. And I was one of them. And it was like, this is mad because I thought they were a massive band. You know what I mean? But I guess, I guess like your average hip hop fan isn't a big Facebook user. There's also like no doubt that Jurassic Five are a, a big band, but there's so many bands that you and me get obsessed with that we think are huge deals that really <laughs> don't break into that much stuff that people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. I think Concrete Schoolyard was like a, a very mainstream hit that people know. Uh, sorry, Concrete Schoolyard is a mainstream hit that people would know about, but past that, I don't know. Yeah, you might be true. Uh, there's a song called Improvise that they do, which is on, um, it's in Jet Set Radio, which is one of my favourite Dreamcast games. And that's probably the first time I heard Jurassic 5, actually, thinking about it now. But mm-hmm. um, So I know that song really well and assume it's super famous because I know it from that. Do you know what I mean? But that, again, it's one of those things that we love that not, not everyone else does not particularly. <laughs> like uh, when we had that freestyle scooter game and we were obsessed oh, with Jesus. freestyle scooter and there was that song, um, what was it, Molly or something? 
Yeah, um, the, the actual song is called Out of Control. That's it? Lately, I've been thinking about a girl named Marley by a band called the Sloppy Meat Eaters, which is a disgusting name. Um, but I really, I really like them. I was listening to them on Spotify the other day, actually. They get about 80 listeners a month. Exactly. We got weirdly obsessed with them. They're an integral part of our growing up, and they're no one. No offense, Sloppy Meat Eaters. No, yeah, a guy called Josh. I got to know him a bit, actually. Uh, Josh from the Sloppy Meat Eaters. Do you remember? He um, tagged my old band in something on Facebook. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. And then I, I like freaked out about that. But literally, it, it's like it's like you tagging someone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I got to know Josh from Sloppy Meat Eaters. He's a very nice man. Lovely. We'll have him on. Yeah, we could, actually. I'll get in touch. <laughs> oh, you got all excited, then. <laughs> that would be lovely we should have got him up for the pop punk episode that would have been good uh, people didn't like the pop punk episode cowards nah, they won't like this one either <laughs> this is just for us <laughs> um, oh shit I'm on my number one already Jesus yeah that's, it's gone quick isn't it today? there's only so much you can say about a song uh, but this one I have a lot to say so prepare yourself so um, yeah it's a nice little it's a nice, it's a nice little podcast. Yeah, that's all we need. So this song is a personal favorite of mine. It's an anthem. It is eighteen minutes of pure, unadulterated ear sex. It is the decline by No Effects. I knew you were gonna. As soon as you started talking about long songs, I knew this was gonna be one of yours. How could you not imagine having the decline on an island? So, for people who don't know. The Decline by No Effects. There are albums that define genres of music, right? Everyone knows those kind of like you associate a genre with that that album. For some reason, I don't know why The Decline isn't the song that defines punk rock as a whole entire genre. Can you answer that question? No. Cool. Moving on. So it's a near 20 minute epic of perfection and it observes the world as a whole and it's perpetuating the decline into this prophesized destruction of horror and this song was released in 1999 which was 20 years ago and the lyrics are still really fucking relevant today which is really sad yeah, um, I sort of feel, it's weird when you think of like going back to your Green Day pick as well. Like Green Day put out this anti-Bush sort of. Well, I mean, it's a multi-layered album, which is the genius of American Idiot. But one layer of it is an anti-Bush album, and you sort of think, Jesus, like you'd take him now, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you'd be begging for him. Yeah, but this is the thing with presidents—they go all like soft and sweet after they've done there, and then you go, "Oh, he wasn't that bad." The only time that's not going to happen is Trump. George Bush sits in the bath and paints and stuff now, now that he's old. And, like, it's quite... I found myself thinking that was quite sweet. Yeah, that man's not a war criminal. He paints. Yeah, exactly. He's just a, lo- a lovely, adorable old chap. Exactly. Um, but this song, it play. it's like seven different stories, but they all kind of direct at this very similar, but very different issues in our society and and they're so apt for what's going on today especially with recent news of stuff going on and there's a line in there of don't pull the trigger squeeze that will ensure a kill a kill is what you want a kill is why we breathe and those lyrics just resonate so much today especially what's going on in america at the moment and it just it just hits it still hits today it's not a song that you go oh this came out decades ago 
it still hits and that's one of the most depressing angles about it and it constantly changes like just because i'm saying no effects doesn't mean it's just a straight angry 18 minutes of like free chords punk rock kind of fuck the system no it, it does this beautiful kind of um <laughs> it does straightforward punk but it also goes into these really beautifully paced scar inspired wrists that no effects does so well and it just makes the album flow really nicely into some really calm bits where they really want to emphasize some lyrics i wish i had a shilling for every senseless killing i'd buy a government america's for sale and you can get a good deal and make a healthy profit or maybe Tear it apart Start with assumption That a million people are smart It's lovely, and um, I like that you've basically got about 40 minutes of music between your three picks, which is fun. This was big brain, um, big brain time. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, um, Decline by Descendants. I, I remember um, downloading no it. Oh, fuck it, sorry. Um, no effects. Uh, I remember downloading it when um, I was like a young teen or whatever, illegally, um, when that sort of was the big thing, and just sort of discovering it by accident. I was just downloading NoFX albums and songs and stuff, just trying to find stuff I liked because I was consuming all that style of music. And yeah, stumbling across the decline was like just a, a real life-changing moment. It's, yeah, it's just pure money. And it, it the way it kind of changes as well, and also it's a political song, no doubt about it, but it doesn't just do that whole, like, this is what's wrong with society. It, it gives that kind of... NoFX always wants this idea that everyone's going to band together and rise up and take overthrow the governments and stuff. That's what NoFX has always wanted. Um, and that's always been their message for, there's more of us than them, but we got to band together and fight this, and that's the message that they want to get across in this song. But the song proves that it's impossible because of convenience in the world and how easy it is to remain in this kind of status quo world after you know life is comfortable and why should you kind of rock the boat in in terms of like rising up and stuff so it has that beautiful kind of here's what's wrong with society here's how we fix it but here's why you won't and it just it hits on all three of those levels which is nice and also the bass lines in this song are incredible fat mike may have a reputation as being a bit of a sloppy drunk drug addict well he did in the past he's pulled himself together now but he never gets enough credit for how smoothly he can play and how good he is he is so good um around 10 minutes in this song there's there's a change up in direction um where it goes from like this really intricate and then into this really soft you know the bit where it's like one more pill to kill the pain that really slow bit there's a really smooth bass transition in there that just does it so effortlessly that it's just um, kind of unnoticeable. But if you listen to it, it's really nicely done. Nice. I will listen to that. I've never really paid attention to the bass playing in this song. You should. It's good shit. There's one more thing I want to say about this. There's um, an orchestral version of the decline. So there's this French guy named Baz who him and his friends, they did like <laughs> his name's Baz. It's amazing. Um, so they did these like vocal medley acapella songs of uh, like punk rock. So they do like 
rancid or offspring or no effects and they do these beautiful acapella versions of all their songs mashed together um and the guy's like he was studying to be musically trained and doing classical music and stuff but he loved punk rock so he did a orchestral version of the decline and it's so fucking beautiful like it's full orchestra playing a version of the decline and it is just like it's tear inducingly good Fat Mike ended up seeing this video of him doing his, because this was for his like final exam to do an orchestral piece put together, written, all this kind of stuff. Fat Mike saw it, lost his shit because um, he was like, my music is actually good. And he was like, <laughs> well, the quote he said is like, I wish I could show my parents how, you know, someone has taken my music and done something this beautiful with it to kind of prove to them that I am that good. And yeah. Fat Mike loved it so much that he invited him to do a show with them. Uh, so it was this full orchestra with no effects playing, the, the full version of Decline to this audience. And you can just see Baz like directing this whole orchestra, no effects is playing, and it's just one of the coolest videos out there. So there's like three versions you've got to listen if you've never heard it. You've got to listen to the original Decline, the orchestral solo version, and then the orchestral with no effects together. It is just epic. It is... Oh, there's nothing more inspiring than The Decline, in my opinion. Ah, I'm glad. I, I, always knew, I knew you liked it, obviously, because we're both massive NoFX fans. I yep. didn't realise it was that big a song to you, though. Oh. So that's that's a solid, like, nearly 20 minutes of time wasting on the island listening to that, which is cool. Thank you. And, and it fires you up. Like, if you're ready to hang the noose around the coconut tree, listen to that, you're back in the fight, mate. You're about you're gonna nut that coconut and get the tasty what? milk from within. <laughs> so that's my pick. Whew, I got all warm and sweaty talking about that's that. That's beautiful. That's nice. I'm warm and sweaty as well, but it's because I'm just in a humid room. Um, so my number one, I uh, up until about ninety minutes ago, it my number one was a Descendants song because, as you know, and everyone knows, um, Descendants are my favorite band in the world. Um, but I couldn't settle if there was only one descendant song that um i had to listen to for the rest of my days on a desert island i couldn't pick one they're not they're not a one song band no. to me do you know what i mean it's they're an album, a band. album band yeah. yeah um so i didn't go with a descendant song but i want to acknowledge that fact because i feel like i'm betraying them <laughs> so i want to like <laughs> just put it out there that descendants are still like that's where musical genius begins and ends with me uh, but number one, thinking of songs that I'd want to have um, on a desert island, you sort of want ones that bring you up or ones that make you a bit melancholy, like we've discussed. I think this one, depending on what mood you're in, can do all of the above. Ooh. And it is Superman by Goldfinger. Oh, well done. Well done. <laughs> Why? 
Backstabbing. Just when you described it like that, I was like, it can, it can hit those layers. Yeah, right. So, like on the surface, it's just a, a, a upbeat ska punk song. Like, um, all like you could dance to it. It's like upbeat and fun. You high energy, but the actual words are kind of um, reflective. Like they're very lyrically. Um, sort of, he's talking about he's getting older, but he doesn't feel older. He feels more immature as he gets older. And is that right or wrong? Like, am I living my life the correct way? Um. I'm trying, you know, like literally the opening. So here I am doing everything I can, um, trying to be a Superman. And he's just discussing the difficulties with that. And Mike Herrera, who is the bass player of Goldfinger and also um, fronts a very successful band called MXPX. He is a very beautiful man. One of the most beautiful men I've ever seen, actually. Now <laughs> I think about it. Um, like, <laughs> so, like he's, um, he's really like, he's beautiful like a girl. Do you, you know what I mean? You guys didn't believe me. Like, we were going to a Goldfinger gig together and I was just the whole way like, I get to see Mike, I get to see Mike. Oh my God, I get to see Mike. And then he came on stage and you guys were like, okay, I kind of get it. Then we go outside and he's playing acoustic guitar in like the car park area. And I just hear from the back of me, Jesse just go, oh. It was, it was yeah. Uh, we filmed him doing that and I never posted it anywhere. I might have accidentally deleted it off my phone. I'll I've got it. Look to it. Oh, good. Wank, bank. Uh, put it up somewhere because I want to see that. Um, okay. But anyway, um, Mike Herrera um, released a couple of weeks ago a acoustic version of this song. And mm. um, he's playing it slowly. And the, um, the self doubt in the lyrics really comes through when it's suddenly acoustic and a bit slower without the sort of fun scar behind it um and that's when i sort of really realized jesus this song's kind of got everything because that really made me feel like it was deep do you know what i mean and then you can listen to the scar version and you're just dancing around and i think that that's just a perfect island song for me it's it's got it's got everything But like one thing I've realised listening uh, listening to this, like I'm part of it. I'm doing it too. Um, like <laughs> one, thing, one thing I've realised with both of us talking about this is um, I'm really lyrics driven with my music. Like I can give or take how complicated the actual music is. I want nice words, and you and you like words, but you've actually pointed out a lot of um, like bits of the actual music that you love, and mm. I've I don't think that feels to be so do you know what i mean like su- like superman you could pick up a guitar um having never played guitar in your life and you could probably learn superman in a couple of hours like it's not a tremendously difficult song um that might be doing it a slight disservice but and then concrete schoolyard you know hip hop is um it's the instrumental's beautiful but it's not that's not nothing to do with the song why i love it you know it's the smooth lyrics and then my richard thompson song yeah, the guitar like i said to you the guitar playing is fucking stunning and amazing but it's the story that makes the song for me. So I think that's, um, yeah, that's my jam. I just need, I need nice words. You need nice words. And I, I, I like my my complex songs together with nice words. I do like my, my nice words as well. They've got a, they've got a hit in the right space. But I, I think you're right. It's Superman has got that. I never really thought about it as kind of a melancholy, but like going back and thinking about the lyrics, it's I'm kind of bummed out right now. 
Yeah, right? The the upbeat instrumental tricks you. Yeah. Damn Scar. Damn Scar. Scar is a great just general island theme. Yeah, I think so. Like, sk- Although skanking on sand might get a bit... Oh, I mean, <laughs> my eyes, a my <laughs> it's, gonna, it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would suck. That would suck. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my picks. Um, I think that would like my music's done in about ten minutes, whereas yours lasts about forty five. But <laughs> you're still listening I to could... me on your way. Like, Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Just play Superman again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think, I, but I don't mind that because I I, I I could genuinely listen to those three songs on repeat and it wouldn't bother me because I love them that much. Yeah, I know. I'd have, like everyone's like, oh, you can only take like three songs from an island. You'll hate them in a second. I've been listening to the same music since I was fourteen years old. On repeat. Oh, yeah. No issue. I don't even know yeah. how many times we've listened to Descendants, no effects albums, again and again and again. It's ridiculous. To the point where, like, I love it when you're like, when you're so familiar with songs, you know, like, nuances. Do you know what I mean? Like, if there was a slight noise in the recording studio that day or something, like, you just know it. Like, especially the old Descendants stuff. There's loads of that, and it's really lovely. Very true. Very true. And it's... I, I don't know. I... I'm just trying to picture us on our islands and and how we would kind of vibe because I'd obviously have to come to you and I'd come for my like my scar and I think your own would kind of bum me out if I'm honest. Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I'm raging what? over there against a machine and then you're sitting there all sad about your existence. I'm not sad about my existence. I'm seeing that I'm chilling out with Concrete Schoolyard. That's a super upbeat song. That That's really true. lovely. Um, Superman, like, is an upbeat song. Like, it's a lovely, bouncy tune. And then um, and then you and me, after a couple of drinks, sometimes get a bit sort of, you know, deep. And that's when you can chuck on the Richard Thompson and just go, he just loved him for his motorbike, man. <laughs> and then I'll be pl- listening to the Tallest Man on Earth. Just... <laughs> <laughs> be beautiful. It's uh, it's going to be, be a lovely time. So those... He's so tall. <laughs> he... It rains on him before it rains on anyone else. His garden's not going to grow because he's too tall. So <laughs> um, remind, run, run down so everyone knows where to find your your free songs. Um, yeah, so Richard Thompson, um, nineteen forty two, Vincent Black Lightning is the name of the song. Type it into YouTube and watch him play it live because it's incredible. Um, my next one was Concrete Schoolyard by Jurassic Five, um, which. Um, is on Spotify, as everything in the world is. And uh, my last one was Superman by Goldfinger, which is also all over Spotify. Um, Goldfinger are releasing sort of lockdown live videos at the moment oh, as well. So if you can look at their Facebook page, and they're amazing. And the Superman one in particular is awesome. They did Hero in My Bedroom, and I forget how much I love Hero in My Bedroom. Yeah, it's a great song. Excellent song. And, my, and Mike Herrera's acoustic version of Superman is amazing as well. Just so you can look at Mike Herrera. He's also been doing lots of um, live Friday night kind of acoustic Q&A sessions. He's one of the musicians who's really kind of giving a lot back and stuff. And if I if if those aren't the best Friday nights I've ever spent in my life, I don't know what I, what is. He's just so beautiful. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Mid forties, still rocking snake bites. That's Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a strong look, and it works. <sighs> Daddy, please. Mine were uh, the Gardener by the Yo, tallest. So, so this is. Oh yeah, go for yours. Yeah, the Gardener by the tallest man on earth. Jesus of Suburbia by Green Day, and the Decline by No Effects. Lush. Uh, we haven't done the last bit of Desert Island discs yet. 
um, which is, um, so you get the complete works of Shakespeare, the Bible, which as we covered is fucking rocking if you just flick to the end. Revolution. Um, <laughs> Revolution. Uh, you get a book of your choice and a luxury item. So what's your book, first of all? My book of choice is House of Leaves by a Mark Danielewski. Tell me about it. It's fucking weird, mate. Like, House of Leaves is, and this is why I've picked it, because it's so odd, I could just read it again and again and again. So it's it's centred around, and it's framed in this, like, is this a possible fictional documentary? Is it real about a family? And their house is this kind of TARDIS-like, shape-shifting, weird, there's minotaurs and shit, where it, like, shapeshifts and all this kind of stuff, and the format and the actual structure of how the book is done is really unconventional in the way that the pages are laid out really odd. The style is strange. Um, there's like footnotes and there's footnotes about the footnotes themselves. And there's references to fic- fictional books and films and articles. Um, some of the pages have only got like a couple of lines of text and they're arranged in really weird ways that are kind of mirroring the story. And there's also, you've got to kind of like rotate it to read it. And then there's like text in different colors and there's multiple narrators going on. And it also writes in a way that gives you this really like agoraphobic and it's just so weird. And you can't work out if it, am I reading a horror story? Is it a love story? Who are all these characters? And it's just a book that you've got to read multiple times to try and like understand the multiple stories of like, Johnny's character, the editor, um, when the records come in of, of the other family as well. It's just, there's a lot to it. And it's it's one of those books I can read again and again and again. And I'm always going to see it differently or learn different things from it. And it's just, it's fun to read because you're doing all of this crazy shit, like turning it and clues and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't sound very comforting. For oh, it's not. Island. It's not. But it's hours of fun, I suppose. Which um, and you Ooh. want some it with you want some it with uh, replay value, don't you? I want some that when my mind eventually snaps, I start believing that the House of Leaves is real, and I've grown the beard, the hair's been torn out, and I'm like, yeah, man, if if, if we just delve in a little bit into the, the, the Navidson records, then maybe we can find a way off this island, man. That's what <laughs> I want to get to. That's lovely. Thank you. So my book, <laughs> go on, um, is nowhere near as dramatic as that. My book is um, Untold Stories by Alan Bennett, which is um, a. I love Alan Bennett. I don't know why. I've always loved Alan Bennett, and I will defend Alan Bennett to anyone. And Untold Stories is. Um, it's his second sort of non-fiction. As I get older, I realise that I really enjoy non-fiction and I can't um, suspend my disbelief for fiction anymore. I'm sort of reading novels and it's like, oh, James walked down the corridor. And I'm like, no, he didn't. <laughs> Someone just made that up. <laughs> and, but um, this Alan Bennett book is um, just a series of st- stories about his life. And I just love the way he... Ideally, I want them as an audiobook, so I love the way he talks, but... Um, I love the way he writes as well. It just is just an easy read, and I've reread it so many times. This book, so I feel like I could continue to do that quite comfortably on a desert island. They're just nice, homely stories with this sort of ir- irreverent sense of humour that Alan Bennett has. I just, I love Alan Bennett. <laughs> the contrasting image of you just on the beach, underneath the palm tree, just flicking through. <laughs> 
Alan. And then you look <laughs> over across my island and it's just like, what does it mean? <laughs> I know. People are always really surprised when they find out I like Alan Bennett. Like, they think it's completely against everything else I like. I suppose it kind of is. I don't know how it happened, but I really do love him. I love how gentle he is. He is a gentle, gentle man. Um, I've not read that book. Should I? It's lovely. Yeah, I mean, it helps if you have a pre-existing interest in Alan Bennett because it's just stories about things that have happened to him. Do you know what I mean? But um, but yeah, they're, they're interesting stories. Uh, I think it's definitely worth a, worth a read. It's actually a sequel to... Um, he wrote a book called Writing Home. That was the first one, which was um, stories of stuff that happened to him, which is the one you should read first and then read Untold Stories. Interesting. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm liking the, the difference between the two. Now, the one I haven't given much thought about is the luxury item. I know what I'd have at the moment, but it changes. I'm pr- prone to obsessions, as you know. So right now, um, my luxury item would be a skateboard. I think that would be a lovely thing to have on, on the sand. Really. Yeah, because you can still learn all the tricks, and then if you fall, it won't hurt too bad. How the fuck are you learning tricks on sand? Well, it's like 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 I do on grass. It's the same sort of um, depth, no, Jesse. right? No, sand is very sinky. You're sinky, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be all right. I reckon. Oh, uh, well, what about um, like a skateboard, but with um, like sand, like proper tires on it, so I can um, go over the sand. I love that you didn't just say, can I have a, a skateboard and a skate ramp? You were like, no, give me sand tyres, because they exist. <laughs> sand tyres. Yeah, sand tired skateboard. I don't even know what that is. I don't. Have you ever been on sand? I don't think you've been on sand. I don't like the beach much. There we go. Jesse doesn't know what sand is, everyone. <laughs> I oh, all right, maybe. Well, all right then. Um, if I'm allowed it, I'll have a skateboard with a skate ramp. Okay, I'm just gonna. Ow, <laughs> Max, Max, with <laughs> Superman playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just picturing that being caught across the wind. Here I am. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, Max. <laughs> Um, okay, interesting choice. I, I was going to go... I have so many, though. There's so many you could pick from. The I thing that always annoys me is that, like, on normal Desert Island Discs... just take... What's that? You should... Well, no, I'll let you I'll let you do your choice first, and I'll tell you what I think you should take. Okay. Well, normally on Desert Island Discs, everyone's like, oh, I take my bed. I take a pillow. I take my bed. No. Man up. You're on an island. Deal with it. <laughs> so, I'm torn between a couple. First of all... There's a Wagyu beef cow that I could bring with me. Right. Now, I'd have the Wagyu beef cow, first of all, for company. I haven't decided yet. I'm just going to work this through in my head while I'm talking to you. Got a Wagyu beef cow. Got a bit of companionship. I can't be swimming over to you every day. I need someone to hang out with. What was that attitude? And a beef cow is kind of the perfect, perfect thing. And he, you know, fatten him up a little bit. And then when he dies, I've got Wagyu steaks, mate. I'm living the high yeah, life. You can't eat steaks from a cow that's died of old age. He won't die of old age. I'll, I'll speed that process along. I only want a friend for like a couple of weeks. 
<laughs> then I want food. <laughs> then I'm turning to you. Um, then there's... You com- you're confident enough in your cooking skills on a desert island to take raw meat from an animal and make it edible. I am, Jesse. That's ridiculous. I, I've killed in the wild. I've killed a rabbit. I have skinned have it. I have cooked it. And I didn't die. But two days later, I cooked eggs and got sick. Like, how the <laughs> fuck is that? But no, the rabbit, delicious. Um, or I could have a nice lifetime supply of Pinot Noir. Just get smashed on the island. Red wine. Don't need to keep it cold. Just keep it well shaded. Could have a great time. Or do I just have some pen and paper and I just muse my life away, writing stories and my descent into madness? Yeah, but you w- I don't think you would. Because you'd always, because you you know you got the pen and paper, and you know on you're on that island forever. So you'll be like, ah, oh, just I'll start that tomorrow. <laughs> That's what I'd be like anyway. I think you're right. I think you're right. So <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll go with the Pinot. Let's just get fucking smashed. Yeah, all right. And then if it's a lifetime supply, you won't mind me. Oh no, I can't come over because I can't swim. You, I'll get on, you come over to mine, then I'll get on your shoulders and you swim back. And then we'll just um, drink lots of Pinot Noir together. Like they're just flinging some bottles and boom, taking out Jesse's as they throw bottles of wine. But yeah, I'll, um, well, hang on. Why don't I just bring <laughs> the bottles to your island? Why am I swimming there, putting you on my shoulders, swimming you back? And then in the morning, I've got to swim you I, back to I the island. I demand to be on your shoulders. Yeah, I like that idea better. <laughs> I'll bring two bottles, I'll meet you over there, concrete schoolyard, and then we'll just get sad and sit on the skate deck board. (laughs) As it sinks into the sand. (laughs) Inch by inch every day. (laughs) My ramp's getting smaller. (laughs) Cool. Lovely. Um, You didn't say a bass guitar. I thought you'd like to take a bass guitar because you can can play along to at least two of your three choices. (laughs) That's very true. But you... do you really want that for the rest of eternity? Just do 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 do. Just it's yeah, it's that's not true. like acoustic guitar. You can sit under a tree and it's like it's beautiful. A bass doesn't have that same level of beauty when you play it. Yeah, I don't want to be living on an island next to Scott fucking Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you didn't pick a drum kit, I guess. Or you know, maybe we we pick a see i wouldn't pick an acoustic guitar because i'd be like oh this is my perfect time to learn it and it would be like the pen and paper thing where i go yeah it's probably just better as firewood yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. and you'd like you could use the strings to floss or something (laughs) how big do you think my teeth are oh i've seen them mate (laughs) old horse tooth over there (laughs) i think that's my worst fear about being on an island like tooth Tooth issues yeah yeah, yeah, that'd be rough. You don't, you have to like. Uh, well, Tom Hanks did it on Castaway, didn't he? His teeth That's looked alright when he was no, rescued. He had to pull them oh, out. Oh yeah, no, but he had that. Yeah, you're right with that fucking um, ice. Uh, what's it called? Ice skate. He mm. had to ram out like a bad tooth. He had. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> oh man. Would you would you make an imaginary friend like a Wilson sort of character? I mean, I do. Well, I've only got you for three days before the salt water kicks in. So yeah. Uh, did you ever see the movie Swiss Army Man with um, Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe? Basically, Paul Dano finds a, a dead body and then uses it for multiple tools of getting survival. It's pretty much what I do with you. <laughs> nice. I, jo- I like the idea of you using me as a kind of raft. Yeah, that's. I'd wait until your body properly bloated and then sail to freedom. 
Or if you caught a good wind, you could use me as like a sort of um, parachute thing. Oh, I could take off the wheels from the skateboard. Nice. Get in the sea. With the guitar strings, which now exist, I'll thread it through you, use you as a kite, and then off I go. Perfect. Do some realized that... flips off a dolphin. <laughs> uh, once, uh, once I realise that my skateboard doesn't work in sand, I imagine that my skateboard would become my new friend, much like um, the plank of wood from Ed, Ed and Eddie. <laughs> that kid has. <laughs> He'd be like my new mate. Hey, I can't have the idea of that. I oh. love Plank. <laughs> I love Plank. <laughs> it's been six hours. Plank. Plank. <laughs> oh, we would not do well. We would not do well. But does anyone I was going to be stuck on a deserted island want with, I'm glad it's you. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we're separated by 10 feet of water, to be honest. Just yeah, in case it gets too much. But um it yeah that will be lovely and um, oh one more thing they always ask on desert island discs if like the tide came in and took all your records away and you only had time to save one which of one of the three would you grab have to be the decline nice i would go with um probably yeah superman i think i'd go with like i said it's uh, it's a song that does all the emotions that the other songs separately do for me that's true. Would you read Shakespeare? We haven't met, we've mentioned the Bible, but would you read the the works of Shakespeare? Um, Shakespeare or returning Jesus on a horse, muscly and war torn. I think we know who wins. Yep, me and Jesse are becoming born again, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't read Shakespeare. I've tried to do that before, and it just it doesn't work in modern days. <laughs> he tried. He failed. I did try. Excellent. Um, so that's us. Please don't report us to the BBC. We're just having a bit of fun. Calm down. Oh, they don't care. They love it. Like we've to- we told people, like go listen to Desert Island Discs. It's a great show. Um, my favourite. Ricky Gervais was on it. He was really good. Um, Frank Skinner was a really really good episode. Um, Dawn French. Um, Kathy Burke was on it. She was amazing. Uh, what other ones are really good? Stephen Graham. Have you got anyone you you listened to on it that was particularly good? Uh, well, the one I listened to today, I was telling you about the Lin Manuel Miranda one. That was fantastic because he picked a bit of Far Side. Who doesn't love a bit of Far Side? Yeah, that is cool. Um, Louis Threw was on it recently as well. Fairly, like I, list- I think I listened to that one in yeah. the timeline of Desert Island Discs. It's been going for and, so long. Yeah, turns out he's like a bombastic hip hop fan. Really. Mr. Bombastic. I was going to yeah, say, great use of the word bombastic. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was quite proud of that. <laughs> One day I hope to be described as bombastic. <laughs> uh, but excellent choices. That's what would happen if me and Jesse on the good ship got till five, were sailing along, and we were stuck on a deserted island with just Shakespeare, Jesus, Metal Jesus, and six yeah. of our favourite songs and books. So that brings us to an end of another glorious episode, Jesse. That's lovely. That was a nice um, nice little episode. It was. It was self-indulgent, but I had a great time, shockingly. I had a great time. I mean, it's sort of like smelling your own farts, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We've reached that level. We've been doing this for two years. We can do what we want now. Yeah, someone will listen. <laughs> Thank you, you. <laughs> Thank you, person. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, you can find us at places. I'm doing it myself, so you don't even have to prompt me. Love it. Um, we've got Twitters. We've got... Uh, that's it, really, Twitters. But uh, you can get to the Twitter uh, through our website, which is gottill5.com. Oh, he does it so well. It's like he's been doing it for years. 
Thank you very much for listening. Do make sure you go follow us on Twitter. Have a chat with us. We like talking to you. Also, go support the rest of the network because we got a fucking network. The Are We Dare Yet podcast is on episode five and it's churning out some good shit. Not just saying it because I'm on it. We got the Game Till Five Girls. They've also been doing a lot of streaming lately. So if you're into looking at ladies playing games, then head on over and find all of their stuff. I think they've got a website now. Can't remember what it is, but go listen to Game Till Five and I'll tell you all about it. And me and Jesse, the Godfathers, the original, the OGs of the GT5 network, will be back in two weeks' time with another brand new episode. Might maybe less self-indulgent. We'll see how it goes. And we can't wait until we get to speak to you again. Jesse, thank you for sharing your life and your stories with me. It, it warms my cockles every single time. I've never been more erect. That's what I like to hear. On that note, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks' time. My name is Max Curtin. He's Jesse Benz. Goodbye and good night. <laughs>